Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation, basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Welcome to a special reactionary edition of the Cats by 90 podcast after the Auburn game here. Kentucky falls to Auburn 29-16 in a game that was just weird, Aaron. So I got Aaron Gershon with me. Big Blue Drew, we're just, whoo, it's only what, 417, so we're just about an hour removed or so, not even from the loss at Auburn. And it just feels weird, Aaron. The whole entire game kind of had a weird makeup to it. I'm, I'm still a little bit fired up. The stats, I got to go through these, I guess, before we kind of hit anything else because I want to get your thoughts, Aaron, a little bit on the, the Zoom press conferences and kind of the feel of those. I saw some transcripts, but I wasn't there. Um, but first, all right, so Kentucky falls to Auburn, first game of the season, 29-16. to 16. Total yardage, Kentucky 384, Auburn 324. Passing yards, Kentucky 239, Auburn 233. Rushing yards, Kentucky 145, Auburn 91. First downs, UK 21, Auburn 16. And then the Cats dominated time of possession, like 37 to 23 minutes. But the turnovers, man, three for Kentucky, none for Auburn. So weird game, Aaron. And how are you doing, man? Are you as fired up as me? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's so great to have football back. And these are good problems to have when you're a media member and not on the coaching staff. <laughs> we get to kind of just break down the games, digest all of it. And, you know, it definitely – I'll say this, it definitely looked like there were more than the 18 or 17, 9, whatever, uh, the capacity that was allowed down at Jordan-Hare Stadium uh, with both the noise and just uh, – it just looked full. But it was good to have football back. I know it wasn't the result uh, Kentucky was looking for, but you just – the stats say it all. Numbers don't lie. Um, obviously, we'll talk about some of the miscues by Kentucky and the rest of the officiating crew, which you can't blame solely for this loss. But um, – you can't turn the ball over three times in the SEC against a, against a team like Auburn or any team in the SEC, for that matter, uh, and expect to win the game. And uh, you, na- you nailed it. Kentucky outclassed Auburn in every single key statistical category except for penalties, turnovers, and, you know, some interesting play calling that we'll get into. I, I really didn't understand Max Duffy with that missed punt uh, or the fake punt. I don't know what the heck that was. You were still in the game at that point. Um, so, so some questionable decisions and uh, just a rough, rough way to start the year. Yeah, there was just several different plays that kind of defined that game. I don't think the score was very indicative of exactly, you know, how close it was or at least could have been. Obviously, the referee just, I mean, totally eliminated seven points for Kentucky. They're very lucky it wasn't 14 points in one of the more bizarre plays that I've really ever seen um, under the circumstances. Two plays removed, you know, after the no-call touchdown to the near pick six. Right. But, man, before we get into, I guess, all the details of the game, Aaron, so I know you, you listen into the Zoom press conferences. Now they're on the Zoom world. So what was kind of the vibe? I know Stoops addressed that play a little bit and, you know, stated that he didn't get or feel like he got clear explanations the entire game, maybe because of the mass. But what was kind of the tone, at least from the Kentucky perspective, on the Zoom press conferences? Yeah, Stoops was uh, pretty fired up. But as you just mentioned, he felt like there was a lack of communication between uh, hit the Kentucky sideline and the officiating crew, both not just, I mean, on the, um, obviously on that touchdown, by, or should have been touchdown by Rodriguez, where, you know, people are saying, well, his knee wasn't down. He was called 
short with forward pro they stopped his forward progress but another thing with this zoom uh, not zoom but this kind of covid world we live in is uh, is it am i right that they are still going with the virtual or the electronic whistles instead of the physical whistles so i think that i i, I didn't even hear a whistle but apparently that's why the touchdown wasn't what it was uh, according to uh, the tv guys but stoops had no explanation for why it wasn't a touchdown and, I mean, Rodriguez is sitting a foot in the end zone, so he was confused. And you could just hear the frustration in his voice knowing that, really, you look at the numbers, and Kentucky was the better team in almost every key category, uh, but his team shot himself in the foot, and he was not happy about that. This is a veteran team, and he expects a lot more. Well, if you look at the missed touchdown call, I mean, so initially I'm just like, this is going to take two seconds. He clearly broke the plane you know, of the end zone. But then you start looking, and it, it was a little questionable, maybe if his knee touched the ground, if that's what they were reviewing. But where they spotted the ball, it was as if their call was his knee didn't touch, but he didn't break the plane, which is insanity. So, you know, at that point, too, Aaron, and there's just been a lot of, you know, I feel like people that are just giving up all this entire year, which makes no sense. Okay. Because if, if that was called correctly, that game legitimately is 21-15 to 15 Kentucky in the third quarter. I mean, the game's totally different, you know, whether they can hang on and finish it out or how that looks, but total implosion after that. And I'm, I'm sure that stemmed Mark Stoops frustrations because the second half, especially from the secondary was just ugly. Um, and, you know, I don't blame, I guess, people for, for being really upset, but you don't hear one person Aaron saying that, oh, Kentucky didn't have, you know, the horses to win the race. Like they, the, it wasn't a talent gap there. You know, with the exception of maybe Seth Williams, who's an amazing player. But overall, it's just – it's technique and it's things that Kentucky can clean up, and I still believe they can have a big year. Oh, I do too. I mean, you can't turn the ball – like I said earlier, you can't turn the ball over three times in the SEC, especially on the road against a top 10-rated opponent like Auburn and expect to win a football game. You can outrun them. You can outthrow them. You can do everything and still lose that way. And um, – but – the set, that was – you've nailed it on the secondary. That's what really concerned me the most about this game. I mean, Seth Williams is going to be a nightmare uh, matchup for most teams. He's a 6'4 wide receiver with crazy height and great hands. Uh, Kentucky has a – I mean, yeah, the secondary last year finished second in the nation, uh, only behind Ohio State, and was one of um, two schools with Ohio State to allow 10 or – only allowed 10, uh, less than 10 touchdown passes uh, caught on them. But – I think you saw here that, uh, one, they don't just – that. what concerns me is they don't have the size in the secondary. I don't think they have anybody above 5'11", uh, with Joseph, I believe, is 5'11", and so is um, Eccles. So the, the height concerns me a little bit. Uh, obviously, next week you're going to be facing an Ole Miss team that, despite their loss, they have a terrible defense, but their offense had over 600 yards today. So you're again going to get challenged through the air. I thought the run defense, all things considered, had a really good game, held Auburn to 91 rushing yards. Um, but you're not going to win games if you can't slow down the, the, your opponent's top receiver and you shoot yourself in the foot. Those are two recipes for disaster. And uh, I, think, I think we learned today Bo Nix is a very, very good quarterback. I never understood the slander on him last year from what he was able to do as a true freshman. And what's so good about Bo Nix is uh, he doesn't turn the ball over. Last year he only threw six picks which is insane for a true freshman in the SEC that played 13 games counting the bowl. And today, no turnovers from him. Wilson turned it over twice in the fumble by Harris at the end. And you're just not going to win games that way. All right. Well, you've already mentioned in the situation is escalating as we speak here. So we got to talk about the Kelvin Joseph play, man. Oh, my God. So right. boss man fat making his debut. And I think 
Aaron, he could be described as a person that like, he does the punking, man. He doesn't get punked. I think if you followed any of his personality, his pedigree coming out of high school, kind of where he came from with the transfer. Um, so obviously, I mean, if you watch the game, you saw Seth Williams. I mean, Mostum is the right way to put it. I mean, just absolutely embarrassed him on, you know, that's, that's the ultimate receiver play, right? You know, reached over his back, physically, you know, raises the ball up over his head, touchdown. So since then, you know, he was kind of getting torched a little bit online, you know, because again, it was probably going to be a sports center top play. So he, um, Kelvin Joseph t- quote tweets sports center yeah. with a video, Seth Williams absolutely mossed him. And by saying one of how many it's cool back in the lab with it, pretty sure he didn't want to see me in the boundary side. So, okay, that was one thing. So I don't know if you've even seen this, um, Aaron, but then Kyle Tucker recently just put that how um, he, he quoted that and said that, that he had introduced himself to the Big Blue Nation with an emphatically dumb thing to say. And then Kelvin Joseph said he bet his coach didn't say that with a laugh emoji. So it's kind of a uh, man. I mean, we're like barely an hour removed from this game, too. So no matter what's going on there, tweeting about it right now is probably not a good look. Someone's got to take that man's phone. <laughs> That's yeah. not to go about it when you had a really rough debut with your new team. And you know what? After that penalty, I, I'm having – did they score after that penalty? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, I'll look, I'll, I'll look back at the stats the next, next time you're talking here. But uh, it's just so stupid. I mean, first of all, you would have gotten five yards because you had the false start on Auburn on that play. And, like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you giving in? If you're going to be a guy to talk, let your playing do it. I mean – talk to him while you're going down the sideline and breaking up a pass or something. He did have a nice pass breakup against Williams earlier in the game, or it might not have been Williams. One of the receivers where he, he didn't break up the pass, but he forced him out of bounds. And that was a really nice play. Let that be your way of, of talking. Like to shove a guy who commits a penalty on his, uh, on his own. I believe that's who the false start was on and to shove him for it. I mean, that's just so boneheaded. And, and as I keep going back to, if you want to win games in the FCC, especially the ones on the road that, you know, not many people expect you to uh, penalties and turnovers are what will kill you and not give you any hope. And that penalty was a huge turning point. Even I, I want to say they did score. I'm going to double check on that, but even if they didn't, it's just a momentum shift. Yeah, we, the defensive side had his struggles kind of all day, especially in the second half of just, just getting exposed in different areas. And it, it definitely, if you're Kel, Kelvin Joseph, man, you have to sit there and think, too. You drew one of the toughest matchups in the country, you know, your very first time kind of going out and playing. So he had a lot going on. So it's a, unfortunate how his debut started. But, again, he's kind of got that killer mentality. So we'll see how he bounces back from that. But shifting gears to the offensive side of the ball, you know, Man, I could go both ways, Aaron. Like, obviously, Terry, Will- Terry Wilson had some big mishaps today. He really did. He had some blunders, some plays that I'm sure that he wishes he could take back. But he looked spry, man. He looked fast, even on that, when he was chasing down the pick six. I mean, he didn't at least look to be favoring that knee. I don't know that he looked very, you know, his speed was, was hopefully where it's going to be at by the time we get to the end of the season. But it just at least from his, his look coming back from a devastating injury like that, I thought was positive. But no deny, man, he had some blunders between – you know, not taking shots on these penalties when it's just an obvious penalty, you know, not throwing the ball down the field, then throwing it away on the two-point conversion, fumbling the ball, you know, obviously the interception. So tough day for Terry, but at the end of the day, I think a healthy Terry Wilson um, is a positive, you know, just going forward anyway. Yeah, first of all, the the Joseph penalty drive did result in a touchdown by Williams, so that cost Kentucky seven points right there. Uh, So if you're looking at 
the Rodriguez touchdown and taking that off the board. And you take those seven off the board. I'm not going to do mental math, but I'm pretty sure you only lose by two. Uh, But yeah, back to Wilson. I thought that you don't want to, you don't want to put the, you don't want to make excuses, but definitely at least the fumble I thought was a rust play. Uh, He kind of, you know, he's still getting the feel for the game. He hasn't played in over a calendar year. Uh, Obviously the season even delayed further with the COVID stuff. So I felt like that was mostly a a rust play. Even the pick, I didn't, I mean, the pick was his fault. You can't throw that ball. That's the one you throw away. Not like you said, the two point conversion where you're just trying to, I mean, with the two point conversion, you're hoping even if you don't convert it, that's not the end of the world. Maybe get a penalty, get a, get a pass interference and get another shot at it same with like you said throwing the ball downfield when uh you get a free play just try to make something happen if it gets picked off you're getting the ball back either way so it doesn't matter uh but i, I didn't love the play call there i think uh and chris fisher from the cat's paws would had the one of the best tweets from this game i want to find it and give him credit but i felt like kentucky especially on that play went away with their identity went away from their identity which is round grounded pound run the ball behind arguably the best offensive line of the conference and just shove it down the opponent's throat because we saw the rushing numbers. Kentucky completely outclassed Auburn on the ground. And for whatever reason, they threw the ball there and they, they really got pass happy. It reminded me a lot of kind of that middle period with Sawyer Smith last year before they can get it to uh, Lynn Bowden at quarterback where despite having three really, really good running backs in Rose, Smoke, and Rodriguez, they decided to throw the ball. I think with Sawyer one game, they ended up throwing the ball 50 times. And I felt like it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that because Smoke was – I mean, what did Smoke average? Over nine yards per carry in this one? Yeah, nine point – I'm sorry. Uh, Rose averaged 9.3 yards per – oh, no, that's the passing. Sorry, okay. So Smoke averaged exactly nine yards per carry, 8.9, whatever. Uh, only seven attempts, though. They only give Rose 10 attempts. Rodriguez, nine. Exactly, man. That, that was going to be my biggest point was the carry disparity. I mean, Terry runs the ball 13 times, AJ yeah. Rose 10, and I felt like four or five of those were like early in the, in the first yeah. quarter. Um, you know, so they split it kind of evenly. Smoke had seven and Rodriguez have nine. But, man, I don't – you know, Terry doesn't need to be the leading ball carrier, at least if he's only running for, you know, 42 yards on 13 attempts because, right. you know, it's 3.2 yards of carry. And Smoke is always up there because that big playability, but I think they're definitely looking for ways to, you know, mix up the run game. And, and we don't know what that's going to look like going forward. I think it's always going to kind of be a by-committee approach. But once again, though, kind of, Aaron, here we are. There, you know, not one running back, I guess, has solidified themselves as kind of that go-to guy. So it's, it's going to be tough if Kentucky can't, you know, rush the ball consistently. I agree. And I just think, the thing is, I think they were to an extent. When you see, you know, you see Smoke's average is eight. You just got to give it to him. He's averaging nine yards per carry. And I know, you know, Rose got shut down in a couple of plays and they were able to effectively get the ball to him with screen passes, which I thought were great calls. But just keep, you have the best offensive line in this conference. I truly believe that. You got to keep running the ball. You got to keep giving them chances because eventually we already saw it. Smoke broke one free. You're going to get more of those. That's how good this offensive line is at creating holes and these running backs are. These are three of the best 15 running backs in the conference and they're all on your team. You've got to feed them the rock. And, you know, it, that'll take pressure off Terry, who's still getting his feet wet. I mean, you know, you throw the ball 37 times. I guess that's not the 50 times we saw with Sawyer Smith toward the beginning of last season. 
but it's still, in my opinion, for this offense, you want to be throwing it about 30 times and running it uh, 40 to 50 times. I mean, I just think that as great – and you know what? Terry's arm looked a lot better than I expected. I know he didn't have any sort of arm injury, but just being able to stand up in the pocket and make the throws, I thought he had a pretty good game. I, Josh Ali had – had a good game, but that one drop was an absolute killer uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the game that led to a punt. And, uh, you know, DeMarcus Harris can't fumble that ball. But all things considered, this wide receivers group uh, that had a lot of question marks going into the season simply because they didn't have many reps uh, receiving last year, I thought did a really good job, especially with Akeem Hayes. Uh, Bryce Oliver sounded like a COVID situation. He didn't make the trip. So um, all things considered, I thought the passing offense was okay. But you've just got to run the ball more. This is a run-first team, and you can't just get – you can't switch your identity just because Terry's back and you, you missed throwing the ball. Yeah, I think Oliver out was kind of a big deal. They really do need another option. And Terry's feel for the game was something that was just kind of almost like, you know, you think about basketball, like integrating yourself back and just kind of making those basketball plays that just come instinctively, like tossing the ball on a penalty or you mentioned that fumble and stuff. So – but I thought it got better towards the end, you know, when they were kind of playing fast towards the end of the game, that almost like kind of a two-minute drill style. Him and Ali were really hooking up and doing some good things there towards the end. But moving forward, man, it's just, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens, I guess, next week against Ole Miss because that kind of becomes like, I don't want to call it a must win, but you really need to win that game. They need to go out there and play well. And I think it will be critical that the offense can kind of find some continuity um, as, as they attempt to do that because – it, it what didn't, didn't flow well, even at, you know, when they were moving the ball today. It just never seemed to really flow well or like there was much rhyme or reason to what the, they were trying to do. Yeah, it definitely was a little bit of a confusing, confusing game plan. And I really think that Eddie Grand just missed being able to have a quarterback that could throw the ball. And it, it definitely, you know, just get the excitement of being able to score, uh, draw up some throws and some plays that way. But it, it just didn't. It, it, I, I just go back to the same point. Uh, they only had two more runs than they had throws, and one of those runs was the Mac, Max Duffy punt. So essentially in offense, they ran, they ran the ball 39 times. They threw it 38. Uh, that's very balanced, and that's great because you missed that last year. It was obviously like a 50 to 1 <laughs> run over throw. But when your strength is running the ball, you've got to just play to your strengths. This offensive line, I thought – from run blocking for the most part was pretty good. I thought that they kind of got worn out in the second half and the, you know, Terry was definitely under duress, but just keep going back to it. you got to, you got to play to your strengths. And also another concerning stat from the defense, which obviously that we were really disappointed with the secondary today. uh, They only got one sack and that was the play by Jamin Davis. That was more of a, you know, a bootleg by Knicks and he was hit behind the line, the sack. So you got to create pressure because Knicks had a lot of, I mean, they got, they got to the quarterback a little bit, uh, four quarterback hits total for Kentucky today. But I felt like Knicks had a lot of time back there, especially on some of the balls he was able to find Uh, both Seth Williams and Eli Stove had a couple of big plays for Auburn. Yeah, Bo Nix ended up 16 for 27, 233 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and he also led in rushing five carries for 34 yards. But I wanted to ask you, Aaron, because what in the hell with this fake punt, man? If You know, you're going to go for it, power eye and go for it. I think it was like fourth and five, and they make a five-yard, you know, it ended up being 17 yards based off where Max Duffy, you know, caught the ball and tried to – did they ask that all, though, Aaron, during that, if that was like – did he do that on his own? Did, did, was that a called fake or what? So I'm looking – I can't find the exact quote, but it was um, – Mark Stoops took the blame for it, but I felt like he did it more so he wasn't throwing 
uh, Duffy under the bus, but it was not a play call. It was not a uh, play call. I mean, think about it. You're down nine points. That's two possessions. Uh, you're deep in your own territory, and Auburn's offense is starting to get going. You're not going to give them the ball in a favorable spot if you don't have to. And, it, and I guess what what it was, according to Stoops, was that, you know, Duffy always has, if not told, mm-hmm. uh, he has the green light to do as he pleases if he feels like he has it. Uh, he has the permission to take off unless he's told otherwise. And Stoops claims he never communicated to uh, Duffy or the special teams coaching staff. Who I don't even know who the special, if they even have a special teams coordinator with Dean Hood at Murray State. I don't know if they ever upgraded anyone to that position. I don't think they did officially. I know Steve Plinkscale is working in special teams. But um, it, 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 it sounds like that was kind of more a cover to defend his guy for making a silly mistake. And we all loved Duffy. I mean, you know, 75-yard punt today. He's He'll probably – uh, be in the race to win another Ray Guy award, but you got to know you got to know the score. You got to know there's still a lot of time left, and for the you know the defense when they had the good field position for the most part played really well. I mean, two of those late touchdowns for Auburn came after they were given the ball deep in Kentucky's territory. It is kind of hilarious. You think about it. we probably have like the most glorified punter like in the country. So just to <laughs> kind of think that maybe he had like a little heat check, like. <laughs> You know, he's superhero punter. So, you know, does he do that otherwise? Like you said, ultimate green light. So just kind of a momentum killer right there. And just not a good time, not a good situation. And again, it was just, I mean, to put it very, very simply for football, it was just too far to make it against an athletic, you know, team like Auburn when there was no element of, you know, just crazy surprise or anything. It was just, it was bizarre. Just, you know, the Missouri play last year was the same thing. He had the green light. But the Missouri play, it was so clear. I mean, you, I, I believe you were there too, Drew, at the game in the press box. You could see all the green grass in front of Duffy. It was, it was a gimme. If he didn't get it, then he would have had to trip over his own, uh, over his shoelaces or something. Uh, I don't understand the read he had on this one because from every, obviously not there at Auburn today, but from every angle on TV that I saw, he didn't have. There was no reason why he should have been taking off, just given what was in front of him. So where are you at now? And so obviously, you know, heading into Ole Miss now, that'll be at Kroger Field. I'm really excited. We'll be there covering the game at Kroger Field. So next week we'll have to get another uh, reactionary podcast, hopefully, and maybe on my drive back. But pumped about that one. But but where do you stand? So I think there's a, a great divide right now, Aaron. There's the very, very, you know, the season's ending. I've seen a lot of four and six predictions now after watching this, which I actually think speaks – you know, volumes of the program that there was so many members of the Big Blue Nation that expected to be Auburn at Auburn today. Like they fully expected over the last few weeks to, to pull off in their minds what probably wasn't even an upset. Uh, but some people are kind of, I don't want to say jumping shit, but pretty much. And then I, I'm kind of in the other boat, which it's like I didn't have necessary expectations to win. I wouldn't have been surprised if Kentucky won. But, you know, losing at Auburn, there's, there's never going to be shame in that. Even, you know, and they didn't even play well. And again, we, we've already discussed it that they could have potentially, you know, had a, a lead in the, in the third quarter if that touchdown's called correctly and kind of the sequence of events following that. But where do you think, Aaron? You think there's legitimate reason for concern in any areas or is this just like a tune-up thing or, you know, what's your outlook now after watching that? Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they were uh, – by stats, they were the better team. They just made the, more men- the most mental mistakes, and that's going to that's gonna kill you in the best conference in, co- in college football. You're not going to win games. Uh, when you can't do the little things right, and they were out penalties and turnovers, that was the killer today, uh, and some questionable decision making. But um, 
no, I'm not on the <laughs> I'm not jumping ship on this team. I mean, the fact they were able to outrun, outpass, uh, do pretty much everything better than Auburn today, uh, except for the little things, is a good sign from a skill perspective. Um, obviously, this is a brutal schedule. Uh, Ole Miss is a, a very potent offense. I think you're going to see a much higher scoring game than I was expecting next week. Not, not. I mean, this Ole Miss team put up 31 on LSU last year. They could really score. Uh, well, let's, we got to hit this because I just pulled it up. Yeah, I mean, if there's any yeah. good news for Terry Wilson, and then they just need to look at the stats from Ole Miss game today. Yeah. So Florida hung 51 points on them. Kyle Trash just from the very beginning was just curb stomping these guys, man. 416 yards, um, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Pretty sure he probably could have thrown eight touchdowns. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot to look forward to if you want to get the offense on track. Yeah, I mean, definitely if you're the Kentucky offense, you've got to feel really, really good about your chances, especially because they were able to have some breakthroughs against the tougher Auburn defense today. But if you're the Kentucky defense, specifically the secondary, uh, this is not a fun matchup after you already kind of had some struggles today because Ole Miss, I mean, 643 total yards today, uh, still had 35 points. They yeah, had, Elijah Moore's really good receiver, man. He had 10 catches for almost 230 today. He didn't score, but – 10 catches for 227. They kind of did it by committee today on both sides. They've had three running backs that they really mixed in. Um, so they are, I mean, they, they can score the ball. So in Kentucky, you know, I don't know that a shootout's going to be in their favor from what we saw today. But get home, you know, friendly Kroger Field would be first time in a long time. So that could go a long way. I'm very anxious just to kind of see the makeup. I know a few, few of our buddies traveled today. And I think that they, you know, was Auburn Stadium seat almost 90,000. So I guess what are they expecting Saturday in like twelve thousand? I think it's something in that neighborhood, like twelve thousand five hundred. Definitely a little, maybe even thirteen. I'm not exactly sure on the exact number, but definitely twenty percent will be allowed in. We'll see uh, if it gets to the twenty percent. I mean, this is a, it's the home opener, so usually they do pretty good with the home openers attendance wise. But it's not your, you know, it's not like Georgia's coming in here. It's an old Miss team that. Doesn't have many high expectations, but I mean, Lane Kiffin is an offensive guru, and you just mentioned they have so many different guys on that offense uh, that can hurt you and, and do it in a lot of different ways, especially with speed. And after what we saw from the Kentucky secondary today, I, I'm a little concerned that, like you said, a shootout is shootouts are not the type of games you want to get into uh, if you're this Kentucky team, but. I'm also not with the, the group that's jumping ship and ready to call it a four and six year. I still think uh, with some of the matchups they have, five and five, six, four, still extremely manageable. But yeah, I think does it take, does it, is it hard to envision them upsetting a Georgia who's actually losing to Arkansas seven, nothing right now at the end of the first quarter. Uh, but does it give you pause on wanting to pick them to beat a Tennessee, uh, uh, Georgia, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, yeah, it definitely gave me some pause. But uh, next week's going to be a huge, huge test because if they can prove that they're able to make the adjustments and slow down an, uh, an offense like Ole Miss and continue what they were doing with the momentum they had on offense today, but this time just not have the turnovers, then I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, well, the vibes will definitely be a little bit down coming off the loss. I think Kroger Field with 12,000 or less would have been rocking a little bit more. But I'm pumped, man. It's first home game. They can get back on track. Big win next week. I'm going to be looking forward to seeing you. So optimism train, I guess, here. It sucks, though. It stings. But football is back. Yep. Good talking to you, Aaron. And I will um, I'll see you Saturday, man. Feels good yep, to man. say that. First time in 
seven months. It's crazy, but I'm glad to let's just hope all the players test negative this week and we get a game. <laughs> Amen, man. That's number one priority. So you do the same. Stay safe. Appreciate everyone for listening to the Cats by 90 podcast. And we will talk to everybody soon. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by 90 on Twitter at Cats by 90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at A Gershon 99 and at Big Blue Drew 33. And remember, no matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.